How did that workout go? Which workout? The one we just did? Yeah. Well, Cleans you know, I'm really, I'm really good at power cleans. Mm. I just have, like, whip my elbows through. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really efficient with them. Yeah. Did we start? Well, I mean, it's recording, but that doesn't mean we started. So this is podcast number two. Number two. Tony and Seth coming at you live from the premier CrossFit facility in western Massachusetts. Special guest, Dave, with us. This, uh, this week's topic is nutrition. I'd like to also preface that we were kicked out of our space in the back, and now we are outside. So if you hear any background noise, that, that might be what it is. This is No Rep CrossFit. I would just like to also point out that we are in no way affiliated with any gym called No Rep CrossFit. It's just that myself and Tony... Um, we tend to flirt with the line of movement standards, <laughs> so we just like to... It's um, one way of putting it. Yeah, that's... For me, it's if you do the movement, you count the rep. That's kind of my right. standard. I was going to say, I think you guys have your own standard. It doesn't yeah. mean it's it's wrong. Yeah, I believe movement standards will be covered in an in a upcoming broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this, this week is nutrition, <laughs> yeah. one of the most hated things I do in my life well how we got him in is we um we asked him if he wanted to be on and and he said yes and he is a supermarket food industry guru who's also in the in the midst of an enormous body transformation he used to be a hippopotamus right (laughs) so um i don't know why don't you tell us a little bit about i'll give you a little so i can give you a little what changed with your food habits Right, so I grew up on the classic American diet, which is um, the best diet, processed food and uh, sugar. I love sugar. Um, I would eat it all day if I could. However, at the young age of 37, I started to realize that my body is very sensitive to eating poorly. So um, I started to gain some weight, and I started to get a little bit bigger than I wanted to, uh, which means that you're not as light on your feet at CrossFit. So I've read all kinds of books, everything out there. I think anybody who has ever challenged what they eat starts to get into it. They, they start to read all kinds of things. So basically you get to it. Everything is terrible for you. So I started, I, I needed to simplify it for myself. So what I did is I just started counting calories and I set a calorie count for my day and I used an app and I tracked it. And it was probably one of the easiest things I've ever done mm-hmm. simply because it didn't limit what I could eat just how much I could eat. Can I just stop right there and ask what app you used? Yeah, I used MyFitnessPal which um, the one th- the s- two things I love about MyFitnessPal is one, it keeps it makes it easy to track and two, it also tracks your macros so being carbohydrates, fat yeah. and protein and yeah. you can kind of balance them out as you eat throughout the day. The biggest trick which most people fail on is they cheat themselves. They don't record everything. And mm. so even if you blow your calories, you need to record that and stay disciplined. So and if you do, you'll get better results. So Dave, if you have a long day of work and you stop off at McDonald's and you eat a Big Mac large fry and a milkshake, and then you throw that garbage away before you get home so no one sees it, are those calories that you do not have to enter into my fitness pal? Because that's the way I operate. <laughs> now, Tony, yeah. why don't you tell us about your diet? Because you also have a pretty significant and strict, unique, I would say, diet meal plan. Right. So, I, I basically have two meals. One that's kind of hard to say is a meal, but I eat um, sweet potatoes uh, and eggs um, just about every single meal, and 
then when I don't eat that, uh, I have a protein shake, which consists of frozen spinach uh, or kale, uh, frozen uh, mixed berries, protein powder, uh, and coconut milk. Mm -hmm. So six days a week, I literally eat only that, uh, unless there's a special occasion or, for example, if... I'm watching a movie with Colette and her kids, and she happens to bring me some Skittles or something mm -hmm. like that. Ooh, I like Skittles. Um, yeah. Skittles are so good. Oh. So, yeah, and, and how I got to that was I really felt like I couldn't, like Dave, I couldn't stop eating sugar, you know, for years and years and years. And I just needed to figure out a way to, to get something that I would always, that, that was a good default for me. So that it, it was, it became actually easier for me, and internally, uh, my default was to go to making one meal or two meals mm -hmm. uh, all the time. Right. So that I didn't get home, not have anything in the cupboards, and you know, go and buy pizza. Right. So, so that's what I've done. And then on Sundays, Sundays I, I used to call it my cheat day. Now I call it my treat day. Sundays mm -hmm. are sort of whatever I want to eat. Right. Right. Um. Before I tell you about my diet, I did read this recent study in a, in the eight minutes of research that I did before starting this podcast. That's a, that's a, I think that's a yeah, record that's a for new us. new record. Yeah, wow. Uh, I so did you, that makes you the expert. Yeah. In this circle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I googled two things, and pretty much that's all you need to know. I did read this study that says that people become addicted to sugar um, because most children in the United States are conditioned with sweets for doing positive things when they're younger. You know, you use the bathroom, here's a here's a candy, great baseball game, here's ice cream. So even as an adult, subconsciously, when you're eating that sugar, you're getting that nostalgic type effect that is... Is a uh, reward? Yeah. Even if you don't know it in the front of your brain, somewhere in the back, you're receiving those... That nostalgic, I love rewarding myself. Yeah. Th that nostalgic type that you received as a child, as an adult. Um, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I, you seems, know, I, I, I like to blame that on yeah I, I like to blame problems. most of my problems on external sources I think right. that this is my my uh, my cravings for sugar and bad food is, is definitely someone's fault um, I also read that half of all the body's sugar energy is consumed by the brain so that's why I'm so smart right I like to think that when I'm eating cookies I'm actually making myself smart <laughs> doing myself some type of favor so your brain needs sugar mine does yeah I mean I know mine does <laughs> I mean for instance before I stopped for this podcast um before I prepared, you know, I went to the gym. I stopped off for some snacks because I knew I'd be hungry after working out and jumping right into this. So I stopped and got, you know, some some chocolate milk meal replacement bar, mm. and then um, we know on, all those, those are good for you. Yep. And then on the way to the register was um, ch frosted chocolate frosted Twinkies, which I got. That's delicious. Haven't heard of those before. Had no. them. What were they doing? Right, just right there, right between you and the register. They were delicious. Sure, they were delicious. Well, that brings me to my next question. So, if the brain feeds off the sugar, talk about the ketogenic diet, which is taking the world and our friend Ash by storm. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess if you have ever, if you've been on Netflix in the last two months, you've seen fifteen documentaries on how the ketogenic diet is going to save the world. Yes. Um, yes. Solve all the problems. So basically, eating. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard of the keto diet, but I didn't yeah. know that it was going to save the world so it's basically, via Netflix. Basically, they just discovered this. Yeah. Eating gross amounts of fat, 
no mm. carbohydrates, so mm. your body goes into ketosis mm. um, using ketones from fat and protein as energy versus carbohydrates. Um, You're changing your body from using carbohydrates as fuel to fat as fuel, right? Right, right. Which is supposed to be more sustainable and last longer. So is it really eating like cups of butter and sour cream? Uh, yeah, lots of like oils. Ash said he ate like using like six tablespoons of olive oil at yeah. night. A lot of oil. It's like 300 plus grams of fat a day. I just want to interject and say that it seems to me what happens at CrossFit is you, you learn about nutrition by learning what somebody else is doing and then you decide to try it. And if it sticks, it sticks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's essentially how it happens. I mean, it's a no-carb diet which I find to be really hard for me personally because I think most people who do high-level athletics that, is, that aren't endurance athletes find their body uses carbohydrates more efficiently than ketones for muscle growth. Is that what you find that about yourself? Yeah. How do you, like, but how do you know that? So I've tried, I was in a, a ketogenic diet study oh. and, um, a couple years ago, and I did not like it. I was pretty lethargic during workouts it just my body I know some people are better at it than others um, I think I struggle the most with when somebody tells me I can't do something so Dave you can't eat this and even if I don't want to eat it or I shouldn't eat it if you tell me I can't eat it I struggle with that Dave you can't pay my rent this month that's not this different Tony <laughs> we're just talking about food oh we're just talking about food that's one of the reasons why it was interesting when I started counting just calories and just focusing on that and I'm not saying that's the whole secret but I just started there mm -hmm. you start to realize what is calorically dense and what you need to cut back on anyway in order to meet your calorie goals mm -hmm. so actually fat is very calorically dense so the higher the fat goes the more likely it's going to be dense in calories right. um, so I had to actually one of the first things I found out is I eat a lot of fat and I wasn't eating a lot of carbs. So the balance asks for 40% of your calories from carbohydrates, 30 from fat, and 30 from protein. I ended up uh, cutting my fat down. I just want to interject. You said originally you started just counting calories, yep. and now you're saying that you were looking at ratios of calories. Yep. Was, was there a changeover at some point? Yeah, so the hardest part was really getting disciplined with tracking what I was eating. And then by eating just kind of naturally what I did, I realized how much I was exceeding my calorie totals. So from there, I started to cut it back. And then what I realized is on some of the days where I was falling within the balance of my targets, I felt really good. And that's what kind of changed my perspective. I mean, thank you. So are you eating more carbs now than you were before? Yeah, I'm eating more carbs now than I have since I was, I don't know, drinking a lot of beer yeah well I mean I mean it's pretty common knowledge that carbohydrates help the pancreas release more insulin mm. which helps pull more amino acids into the muscles helping stem muscle growth right everyone so, knows that right so you don't have as much of that on the keto diet as you do other types of paleo diets and things like that because paleo you still have carbs they're just not carbs from grains right which is a big crossfit thing Paleo, you mean? Right. All right. So, I mean, we all, all three of us are actually kind of in the same, same boat here. When you go off the rails, say you don't track something and you start eating Cheez-Its, which I know is one of your big. Oh, I love Cheez-Its. And Tony oh. starts eating cookies from the local bakery. <laughs> oh man, those now, are good too. We, 
I know me personally, when it's a one bite of ice cream, it's a pint of ice cream. Yeah, there's it's no... like a runaway train kind of situation. How, I don't tease myself. It's an yeah. all or nothing thing. Yeah. So if I'm going to eat like some ice cream, I'm going to go to Friendly's and get like a five scoop sundae with everything on mm-hmm. it. And I'm going to love the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Emotionally and physically? Gonna, physically. Emotionally, I'm going to feel great. Physically, I'm going to feel terrible. And for about two days, I'm going to really regret that decision. And then I'll probably do something similar. Right. I'm very clear with myself that I have a sugar addiction and Mm -hmm. that once I start, I need to, there needs to be a a, a place where it makes sense that I'm going to stop, which is why what I do is I I try to reserve myself to just Sundays and I try to go to the, to the, to the wad in the morning and stay after it so that I don't start eating crap until afternoon. Mm-hmm. And then I, I know that for whatever reason, I'm able to get up on Monday morning and get right back on the rails. Let's, That's let's sort go of back. The let's rewind grace. real quick. Talk about your cheat day. What does that entail? Is there a Can reason you, you like a, yeah. Is there a reason you changed it from cheat to treat? Yeah. Yeah. I changed it from cheat to treat to try to give it a positive emotional spin Mm -hmm. so that I wouldn't feel as guilty about it. I find that that really hasn't worked. That by the, <laughs> by the end of by the end of couldn't the day, trick yourself. You're too smart. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the by the end of my Sundays, I, I really hate myself, and I don't. That's not an exaggeration. I really don't like myself by mm-hmm. Sunday night. But, but so to answer your question, I I will have a um, a protein shake before I work out on Sunday. Then I go to usually go to the green bean, and I have two or three uh, buttermilk pancakes uh, with side of veggie sausage and. Uh, earth balance, like lots of earth balance because it's so good. Mm. And then I try to get in a nap. And then when I get up, I, well, like last Sunday, I had, I ate a half gallon of ice cream. Okay. It was. Um, what kind of ice cream? That's the important part. Yeah. Give it, us the gritty details was, of this ice cream. <laughs> it was, it was actually cookie dough ice cream that okay. I bought at Stop and Shop in Hadley. I'm sorry. After I ran out to buy some. Hold some, on. Just had a moment. You bought it where? <laughs> Folks, for the record, I work for Big Y. I didn't see a Big Y. It's okay, Tony. We can still be friends. There is a Big Y in Hadley, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we'll talk about that at another day. So my problem is what I run into is that we can talk about meal prep a little bit, but I don't meal prep at all, and I'm on the road a lot. So I'm driving Mm. tons, and I stop to use the bathroom at gas stations. And I think you have to make an obligatory purchase every time you go in to use the bathroom at a place. So my kryptonite is 99-cent chocolate frosted donuts that I get probably three packs a day every day when I'm stopping to use the bathroom at a number of different rest stops. If you ever stopped working out six days a week, yeah, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. Do you I, think you're out training a bad diet? Yes, 100%. I used to stop at a bagel store. Um, but they stopped selling me one plain bagel with nothing on it that I would throw in the trash can on the way out after I used the bathroom because I didn't want it, but I just had to buy the cheapest thing they have. And they just told you to stop coming in? Yeah. They're like, let me guess, a plain bagel, nothing on it, and you want the bathroom key. So meal prep is is an interesting one, and I know that whenever you... at least I'm victim of this, but being in the retail world, you know, somebody, especially like New Year's, you know, the New Year, New You thing has mm-hmm. always been a big deal every year and mm-hmm. it's great for retailers. And, it, and, you know, for some people, the diet sticks, but 
people get into meal prep big, and, and, and so they, they buy all the things, and they and they buy the, the books, the and they got all the Tupperware, and they get geared up, and they make this big pot of stew or something that's, you know, paleo that they looked up, and they have it, and they make, you know, I don't know, 10 servings worth. And by day four, they're so sick of stew mm. that they, they quit on their diet altogether. And sometimes people make it to two or three weeks. I know me personally, I've never gotten that far. The meal prep thing is, is hard. It's a lot of work. It's usually done on a Sunday, which is a day of rest for me. I, it's just a day that... It's the Lord's Day. I mean, religious or not, it's a day of rest. That's when I just yeah. I, I yeah. just like to be myself. And, and cooking in a kitchen for three hours is not what I like to do. Um, so we, changed, we did meal prep for a while. And what we ended up changing to was big dinner, extra for lunch. So we would cook an extra couple of portions, and then I would have that for my lunch the next day. And... It works a little bit better. You get some different food, and uh, the only problem is, is I forget it at home half the time. Right. Or you eat it at ten thirty, and then yeah. you need to eat lunch. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, you cook all your eggs oh, fresh. I, yeah. My my life's made to order oh. because I I I'm as far right now from my condo as I typically am in any given week, and I'm a mile away. Which is yeah. Right. I mean, mm. my office is quarter mile. Yeah. Four, yeah. I walk to work. So I, I walk home for lunch. and I Your would, circle I, is very, your bubble is very, very small. Very small bubble. Uh, I'm within the bubble of the bubble in Northampton, but I go to River Valley Market about every three or four days. I buy 15 to 25 pounds. You're killing of, me, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I just go to everywhere but where Dave works. Yeah. I drive right by Big Y. Yeah, we could have right got someone Big else y. to bring on this podcast. It didn't have to be the guy who store you literally you drive at. by the Big Y. <laughs> anyway. So I, I, and I, and I buy, a, I buy, Sweet potatoes. I buy eggs. Uh, I I buy protein powder and coconut milk. And then every day, I don't eat anything before noon. I have, just have coffee in the morning. I go home and lunch, and I cook for anywhere from two to three days. It'll last. I'll I'll bake up my my um, sweet, sweet potatoes, potatoes, and and then I'll when I got about five minutes left, I'll make my eggs, and I just do that, and then I reheat for a day, you know for a couple of meals until they're gone. Yesterday for dinner, I had a bag of pirates booty and a bell pepper. What's pirate's booty? Oh, and a like, bell, like you just ate a bell pepper raw? Yeah. It's different. Yeah. What color? Uh, green. The green ones are the best. Yeah. I do like a green pepper. And uh, you don't know a pirate's booty? No. It's like that puffy, like... They're, they're delicious. Quotes, air quotes, healthy Cheeto type. Yeah. White healthy Cheetos. Chips. Yeah. They they're delicious. not healthy. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people in CrossFit, especially in this gym, get start off just working out. Mm-hmm. Um... And then as you get better and you get stronger, you kind of reach a, a point where you need to kind of clean up what you're mm-hmm. eating. Performance-related, you're never going to get better or you're never going to get thinner. You're never going to get stronger. With you is a notable exception. Yeah, I mean, I have cleaned up a lot of what I eat. I mean, I probably... Oh, what you, what you described is cleaned up? Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I probably eat vegetables like three to four times a week now. And I probably went... In my tw- like mid twenties, I probably went a week without eating a vegetable, mm. like just white rice and chicken and ice cream and vodka. Well, you gotta you gotta wash the ice cream down with something. Yeah, but absolutely, if you want to get better at this, you're gonna have to clean up a little bit, and this is just it drives you to get better. You want to get better. You don't want to just come through and slog through every workout. So. Do you do you guys think that when you look around the gym that you can kind of pick out who's got his 
diet dialed in versus who maybe doesn't. One thing, one thing that I do yes, think, with the exception yeah. of Ash, yeah, because he just looks like a Greek god. <laughs> I think that you can tell when people start because generally when someone works out at a certain class and you see them on a daily basis, you can tell when people start to clean up what they're eating and cleaning up mm. their lifestyle a little bit because mm-hmm. we see them four, five, six times a week for months and months and months. So you can tell when people kind of start to make those changes. Yep. And you can see it in their bodies and their movements and their... And their performance. Their performance. And let me ask the next question, which is, do you think that there's a, a, a normal pattern to that? Do you think there's a, there's a mechanism at play? And the reason I ask is that I always tend to think of CrossFit is sort of upside down and you know the fact that you would you know most people have trouble not like like we were you know with dealing with sugar addiction versus after a while at CrossFit and you dial in your diet you have to remind yourself to, to, to treat yourself once in a while yeah there's a certain type of person that does CrossFit we talked about it before CrossFit's hard and so the people that stick with it have I think levels of discipline and, and, and can achieve certain things and again if you stick with CrossFit, eventually at some point you're going to start to, you don't want to improve in other areas. Um, it is competitive by nature. It's not like you're at a regular gym where you're doing your own workout and you're waiting for someone to be done with that machine and then you hop on it and whatever. This is everybody's going at the same time and you're seeing what everybody else is doing. And I was really competitive on that fly machine. I used to stand in front of the mirror yeah. and do those flies and you do like the Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah. flex. Yeah. Oh, it's killer. There's some things I do miss about a regular traditional <laughs> style gym. That competitiveness, do you do you you think that that seeps into your that helps your diet discipline? Because the your your internal decision making process is is now weighted towards if I eat a little bit better, I might beat that guy tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yep. I'll I'll be quite honest that one of the biggest drivers for me is that you know we're all friends but you guys train at a higher level than I do and I know I'm capable of being at that level and I want to be at that level so sometimes I can be but other a lot of times I'm not so I said one thing I had to say is I have to get lighter and I have to feel better when I'm at the gym and so that was absolutely a key driver for me yeah I do think like it's weird that you say that because I think back of the times that I do like prep I generally have like two or three meals worth of cooked food, chicken or whatever just because I cook in a, like a larger batch mm-hmm. in case my girlfriend wants some or whatever. Um, but the time of the year is during the CrossFit Open when we're all trying to do our best and put up our best scores for the world, against the world. Like, I remember cooking sweet potatoes and having rice, like low GI carbs, high GI carbs, everything on hand for two to three days leading up to doing the workout because I wanted to do better at those times and I I wanted to beat people that I knew were going to be working out there. So it's it's but I don't do that on a regular basis. I would I, I maybe So you so we need to do more competitions. Mm. We could, yeah. Yeah, you bring your A game when it comes to competing, that's for sure. It's it's something that I can personally turn on and off. I think a lot of people can't. There's, you can tell there's certain people mm-hmm. here who have everything dialed in yeah. every day. Yeah. Um, that's not me. <laughs> I would like to add something I think would be a good move for you. So now that you have you know, lost some weight and you're feeling good, um, I think you should change your Instagram name to FitGuyDave and offer personal one-on-one coaching. <laughs>
fit guy Dave. You yeah. just come up with that? Yeah, I, I feel like that? that's what people do as soon as they oh, right. lose some yeah. weight is they immediately start offering personal coaching. I can teach everybody coaching. to right. just do what I did and you'll right. be fine. Right. And that is also one of the most frustrating yeah. things about the diet world is that it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody needs different... Ketogenic's going to work for some people. Yeah. Paleo works for some people. Paleo works for some people. Zone works for some people. Mediterranean diet works for some people. Renaissance works for some people. I have a different take on that. My take is that any of those things will work, but the real... I think that generally speaking, we all know basically how to eat well, and the only real problem is how to get yourself to eat well. Yeah. I don't think anybody walks into the supermarket and looks around and thinks... I'm, you know, I, I'm going to just dive into the ice cream aisle because that's where the nutrition's at. I mean, go ahead. I, I do have a thought, and, I, and I, I've experienced both sides throughout my life. I think if your goal is vanity, you're going to struggle more than if your goal is to perform better or be able to compete better. Or you have larger goals than just vanity because vanity could be a really frustrating thing. And and in this country, it, it's it's absolutely a struggle. But I mean, it, it, that's we're, just my we're, experience. We're in Latvia right now. <laughs> a lot of people in here did the Renaissance periodization diet. Um, it's not like a diet; it's a meal schedule. What to eat, when to eat it, when to eat it, based on when you're working out, right? And there's like 300 grams of carbs to 400 grams of carbs a day that you eat on that diet, and it works. People get very lean and very strong doing that diet it's a lot of work and it's hard but there's a lot of carbs there's not a lot of fat there's a lot of greens and a lot of protein so i think that that's a a pretty common misconception is that people should eat low carbs Mm -hmm. to do i think a lot of people if they really you know we talked about different things working for different people but i think if really people dialed in on their calories and just understood how many calories they're consuming a day when i realized like so i'm supposed to have 2150 a day roughly that I could easily hit 4,000. That was an eye-opener. Yeah. And I'm talking easily. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then <laughs> 5,000. I could crush. Like, yeah. 2,000 was a lunch. Right. And, you know, you throw a couple of drinks in there and you have, you know, a couple appetizers. You go out to eat. I mean, 2,000 is nothing. And that's yeah. a day. You eat one half gallon of ice cream and the next thing you know, your calories are through <laughs> the, the week. Through the roof. <laughs> through the week. I don't know what happened here. Um, and, and really focus on that. And, and I think that that was a game changer for me and it was funny because Steph uh, my fiance told me about that a while ago and told me about my fitness pal and I brushed it off like ah come on I'm fine yeah what could she possibly know what does she know <laughs> uh, she, well everything really <laughs> and yeah. that once I learned um, blowing away your calories is easy to do and happens way more than people realize yeah that's do you think that it's that, that using that, that that kind of accountability would be sustainable for you yes that is the one thing that has helped make me accountable because it never, by just focusing on my calories, I never said I couldn't eat that. I can eat it. There's just, there's, you know, I'm there's gonna be consequences gonna have to account next, for it. next meal. I have to when account you have for 100 it. calories left for I dinner. try to balance my meals because the other thing you don't want to do is eat 1,200 calories for one meal and then limit yourself the other two. So it teaches you to kind of like balance your calories throughout the day, have mm-hmm. a snack here and there. I get to the end of my day and I'm low on protein, oh, I can have this cliff bar and that's going to put me like right where I want to be and I feel pretty good. So we are coming up on the summer here and um, one thing that I do advocate for is the, I have a program that is for sale, uh, contact me personally, called The Program. It's a summer (laughs) and it's just 
all I consume during the summertime is pills and powders. No actual food, um, just pills and powders. It's so, legit. So if you guys want to contact us personally, we can sell you a plan on that. Just stick below 2,000 calories and pills and powders and you'll be good. Right. Which is easy to do, surprisingly yeah. enough. It's actually hard to hit a thousand calories. What are you washing yeah. those pills and powders down with? It's usually going to be Corona Lights <laughs> and vodka Red Bulls. Because the lights, because they're low in calories. Correct. Yeah. Right. I like that. Not the new Corona Premiums, because they taste like a flat Corona Light, and they only yeah. have four percent alcohol. What's your What's your opinion on Michelob Ultra and some of these other low carb beers? I think they're delicious. Because <laughs> if I'm going to have, me personally, this is not the case for everyone, but if I'm going to go out and have, and I know I'm going to have a number of drinks. I'm going to have 10 to 15 beers. And I'd rather have 10 to 15 Michelob Ultras mm-hmm. and feel terrible the next day yeah. than have 10 to 15 heavy beers and probably miss the, the ten. That's day. what I realized when I tried you know, other beers is 10 to 15 is going to happen. Right. So it's just a matter of which ones. Right. And if you're going to have a heavy you know, beer that's 6% alcohol, you're going to be in a bad place. Right. So just drink a lot of Michelob Ultras and you'll right. be good. I don't think I drink 10 to 15 beers a year. So that brings me to my next point is where the, the case of beer is just like the pint of Ben and Jerry's. Because if you have 15, guess what? The next time you come back, you only have nine. Right. <laughs> and that's a problem. Right. Like, so that's not efficient. And if you're, if you're really... So back in the day, we used to buy a 30-pack and drink 18. Well, guess what? Now you only have 12 the next time. Right. But I heard they came out with a 50-pack, which is brilliant. 50? <laughs> yeah. There's, I think there's a 50, or maybe it's a 40-pack. Something like there's a bigger pack. A bigger It was a brilliant move. How do you carry something like that? You well, work we do, out. We that's why you work out. Why do you think we're here? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm... To carry the beer to carry and for the other beer. people to see us carrying yeah. the 50-pack. Yeah. With a sleeveless shirt. Right. So you, the guns are there. Bringing us back to the, the vanity beer part. is there. Back right. to vanity. Anything else? I don't know. I think that's it. Um, Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks, hey, thanks thank Dave, you. for coming. This is where he's going to offer everyone a 15% discount on all the big white uh, grocery purchases that they make within uh, before Except the... Except Tony, because he doesn't <laughs> shop there. Right. So um, hit him up for the coupon code that you'll use at checkout. Yeah, yeah. Dave, you want to tell uh, him the coupon yeah. code? Super bro, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> um, 15. He will give you a bunch of gold coins. Um, do we want to? I don't know what we're going to do next. We're going to figure that out off the air and we will get back to you shortly. Thanks for listening. See you next time. All six of you. All six of you. We appreciate it.